he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Cerritos, California, with a goat, GB, my partner Greg Biggins, what's happening? Keith, what's up? How you feeling? Good, how are you? I'm bouncing back from uh, Sunday's camp, man, that was a long deal for us there. Tell me about it. What what time did you show up to that thing? So I was there, we got there about the same time, Yeah. which is about 10 o'clock, Right. and then by the time I was done trying to, you know, talk to those last four guys who got open, they kind of went in the back and did the whole spiel, which took another 20 minutes. I didn't live to like 6.30. Jeez, I got it at about 5.30 maybe, maybe 6 o'clock. It's like, come on, my, my guy's at Nike Student Sports. I go, there's got to be a way to get this done at 2 o'clock. Yeah, man, that was that was rough. Love those guys, but that was a long day. Yeah, man, lower back, feet, oh, man. Achilles, everything's aching. I know it's supposed to be about the kids, but it should be more about us and yeah. our aches and pains. There's no qu- day. Come That's got to count for something. Come on, man, respect your elders. But, you know, nevertheless, we're in here, and uh, it's the transparent truth, and we're excited about today's show. We're talking the L.A. opening, a lot of really, really good ball players, very top-heavy, and uh, a lot of very exciting performances from a big-time and high-profile players. Uh, but before we get to that, GB, we got to get to our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, GB, you got our sleeper of the week this week. We're going to take it out of state. Why don't you go ahead and take it over? So we do have a sleeper of the week. I don't think anyone outside of my guy, Blair Angulo, in the University of Arizona know much about this kid. He's a 2020 kid. So you college scouts can watch it for a couple years. Jaden King. J-Y. Don't be confused with Jaden. It's right. Jaden. I don't have a... I don't speak that well, yeah. but it's Jaden. Jaden King, 2020 running back. Uh, real good film. All the measurables. Probably six feet, six and a half, 190. So pretty thick kid. Yeah. Liked him a lot. He was one of about three or four kids that we saw from Desert Pines that kind of impressed. They had a, a handful of really good looking players, but I think Jaden King being the 2020 guy, uh, I thought he'd be the guy that we want to kind of push out there a little bit and, and maybe, uh, again, go visit the school in the spring, go see their players. They have plenty of guys, multiple players. It's yeah. definitely worth the time, but 2020 running back with, with power and some speed and some acceleration. He runs hard. He's, he's tough. He's physical. The tape's good. The in-person performance was good, and uh, I think He's a dude. He's, he's going to be a guy in the 2020 class. Jaden King, Desert Pines, Nevada. Desert Pines, Nevada. Go check him out. Like you said, they got a plethora of prospects over at Desert Pines. A big-time tight end. They got King. They got some other guys that can go. Got to go check those guys out. So, Jaden King, congratulations. You are this week's Sleeper of the Week. 
Moving along, GB, we're talking the L.A. opening. What an exciting time for these young prospects, these young student athletes, and their parents. Speaking about their parents, GB, we had a little issue at the door. One parent can get in. What was that all about? I know you got good friends over there yeah. at Nike in the opening. I mean, no, so that, that was actually the Chargers. Yeah. You know, which I would, you know, what did you expect from a second tier NFL team? Whoa. In, in their LA Rams market, right? Whoa. That's right, Chargers. Shots fired. Calling you out right now. Okay. If we're doing this, this is at the LA Rams facility, it's come one, come all. It's all good. We're exclu- we're, we're not exclusive, we're inclusive. Okay. With the LA Rams. I like it. That's why we won our division. I like it. Chargers, that's why you're not going to win anything <laughs> for the coming years. Well, there it is. That's a transfer. So that truth. wasn't a Nike SS thing. Yeah. That was the Chargers not thinking, you know, there was enough room and wanting to kind of protect, you know, their little facility over there. Yeah. So one parent per kid. And obviously we saw multiple parents. Sure. So but. obviously they must have loosened those up. But I mean, there was parents from Pen- uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. That were getting turned down. Yeah. Now, have a little bit of common sense. Right. I go 3,000 miles, and you're like, hey, you you can't get in. And to their somewhat credit, it was in the paperwork. They were told ahead of time. It wasn't like they sprung this on them. It was told in the paperwork, hey, you're only allowed one per kid. They don't have the field space. And I talked to my guy, Brian Stump. We need to get Brian on the show one of these times. Yeah. talk about everything. Brian's a good guy. Love Brian. He's one of my closest friends for life, and he knows this. But uh, I, I said, Brian, is this legit? So I, was, I had a couple of parents ask me ahead of time. Sure. And I go, let me check with Brian. And he said, I think that's just more to keep parents from bringing, from, from keeping kids from bringing like 30, 30 yeah, entourage, their entourage with them. With them. Sure. Like if you have a guy who's perpetually late, you tell him, hey, show up at 2 o'clock. Yeah. When you really don't care. If they're, it's kind of like just a deterrent. Sure. But shoot, they held up to that. They did, a little bit. And I got three calls first thing in the morning. From, immediately. From, immediately. People saying, hey, what do I tell this guy? Uh, they're gonna take this kid and go home. And I replied with, "Hey, I don't agree with the rule, but let's not make this about you. It's about the kid. Don't be dumb. That's good. That's good. Let, good let's response. Be, let the kid yeah. go work out, and sure. you try to figure out the logistics of getting multiple people in later. Yeah. But don't take your kid and drive home. And one of the families was, was gonna, that was gonna do this was one of the families who got MVP and got invited to the opening. So that would've been really, really dumb if they would've done the whole." You know, we're, we're out of here. So yeah. glad everyone stayed and it stuck around and it was a good thing. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of a little chargerish thing to do. <laughs> a little chargerish, yeah. Not the best way to deal with high school kids, athletes, and their parents. I can tell you that a lot of kids have multiple parents in the household, or at least two parent household, and they want to be there to see their athlete. I know I would want to be there to see mine. Yeah, what are you trying to assume, Chargers? That just uh, these all kids come from broken homes or something? See, the LA Rams don't assume stuff like that. I don't know. It's, it's, pretty, it's interesting. I don't know if there's anything there, GB. I but think the Chargers are trying to imply something. I don't appreciate that. Yeah. So. Orange County people. Wait, <laughs> wait a second. Ain't you from, moving, ain't you from the OC? Hey, you know. <laughs> moving, moving along. So we, listen, we're going to start off, GB, and we're going to just kind of get moved with the O-line, D-line. But before we do that, let's talk about your thoughts and and how you perceive this camp was going to play out beforehand. We knew about some big-time guys going in. I read some of the articles from Brandon Huffman about the guys who were going to be there. What was your assessment pre-camp about the high-end players and how you thought they were going to perform um, going into camp? I don't know if I was really surprised by anything, to be honest with you. I thought the the high-end guys all, for the most part, did pretty well. Um, you know, O-line, D-line specifically, I, I like some of the one-on-one matchups that we got to see. 
I don't want to see, you know, Godzilla take on, you know, some munchkin. You want to see the best of the best. Right. And I think, you know, we, we were able to see that um, for the most part. So although we talked about, you know, kind of off air, you know, there's just too many kids. Yeah. You know, we'd be cut that camp in half. Cut that baby in half. And it'd be ideal. Sure. But obviously their philosophy that, that I've always respected was they want to give kids a chance. Sure. But I don't know if I was always surprised by too much. I don't, I didn't have, you know, like I said, I, for me, uh, you know, and why don't I, I led off the last couple of weeks with Under Armour and, and Oakland. So why don't you lead off in terms of who you liked? Sure. I, I agreed with the O-line MVP. I thought someone else should have gotten D-line MVP. I, yeah. I love the guy they picked, but I thought someone else deserved it. But give me your thoughts on, on the O-line, D-line. Yeah, sure. So uh, I want to start off with the O-line. I thought Jonah Tuanu uh, was really good from Narbonne. I yeah. thought he showed, even though he didn't win every rep, I thought he showed the skill set the physicality and the attitude that I think you want to see at that tackle position. He mm-hmm. showed the quickness with his feet. He showed the ability to bend and stay low. He showed a powerful punch, a, a very highly competitive side. So that was really great to see. Um, I, I really, really liked and enjoyed watching on the defensive side of the ball. And this may come as a shocker to some of those people out in Orange County, but Bosco defensive end Cole Aubrey. I don't know if I was surprised, GB, but Cole Aubrey was very, very impressive. He's just a guy similar to uh, our guy over there at Centennial, Drake Jackson. He just knows how to rush the passer. He understands leverage. Mm-hmm. He understands um, how to use his hands and how to use the offensive player's leverage against himself to beat him. I was really impressed with Cole Aubrey. Um, I thought he should have been in the running for defensive line MVP. Again, I thought Jake, Drake Jackson uh, was phenomenal. His ability to win with speed and or power, I think, is a very, very critical combination, especially when we talk about next level upside. I thought Kayvon Thibodeau showed his special traits at times. Uh, I know he didn't win every rep, but I think his combination of size, speed, power, quickness, and competitive fire bodes well and translates well over the next couple of levels. Um so yeah, that's I mean that's how I want to start it. Yeah. So I mean, my top lineman overall was a gap Miles Moreau, yeah. who we talked about all year. I thought he was probably the most him and Chris Steele probably the two best players I saw. And when I say best players, I mean that day. Yeah. I'm not saying the two best prospects, but I thought Miles was was phenomenal. Um, he's definitely going to be a guard or even a center at the next level. He, sure. he started off at left tackle. He played right tackle for modern day. He'll move to left tackle next year. Right. Just a 2020 kid. He was motivated. He came in. Why was he motivated, Greg? Well, here's the little backstory. I don't know if you even knew this part of it. So, Kayvon Thibodeau threw out a tweet. And I don't remember what the tweet was, but it was basically a, a shout out to any offensive lineman come and get some. If you think you can stop me. Come and get Come some. Come and get some. Yeah. So our guy, Marty Warren, who never turns down an opportunity, right? To ratchet that's, some that's things up. That's the father of uh, Darian Green Warren. Yeah. Shout out to Marty. And I, shout out to Modern Day because they're tight. I like Devin Bosco. I like how they always defend and, and stand up for each other. Sure. So he tags Miles in this tweet and says, Miles, let's get your money. Yeah. So one-on-ones are getting ready to start. And Kayvon steps up. He's the first right defensive end to who sprints over to the left tackle spot. Miles Marrow. Miles took him on two times in a row, and I would say he handedly beat him both mm-hmm. two times in a row. Well, I'm talking to Chris Ward, the old modern-day offensive line coach. Yeah. He told me they actually watched tape on Kayvon. 
as a smart leading up to this event. I mean, who does that though, right? Not many kids think, okay, I'm gonna go against this guy. Mm -hmm. I'm actually gonna watch tape on this guy. They just, I don't think it, people don't think that way. But they actually went, watched tape, saw some things that Kayvon likes to do, and they were ready to go, and Miles dominated him. Then he moved over to right guard for the 10 on 10. They do the best on best at the very end of the camp. They picked right. five O-linemen, five D-linemen. Well, because they had too many tackles, they moved Miles to guard. Right. He hadn't played guard at all. Right. He moved to right guard, and he looked just as good at right guard. You know, those feet, the strength, just the technique he played with. Probably six two and a half, maybe on a good day, six three, two fifty, two sixty. He's just a great football player, man. I think what stood out to me was his athletic ability, Greg. You do not see a guy two sixty at six no. two, six two and a half move his feet as quick. And I was talking oh. to some of the com- the camp coaches. They said this kid was one of the most athletic O line or D linemen in the agility drills. Oh yeah, I believe Miles it. Miles is a great athlete to be an offensive lineman. And on top of that, Greg. Extremely, extremely strong and powerful. I think he doesn't get enough credit for his nastiness and his strength because his technique is probably so good. I talked to him after the camp. He said, Coach, I'm a 400-pound bench presser. Yeah. Well, how do you like that? I believe Yeah, I'm a 10th grader, and I'm benching 400 pounds. That's not fair. Miles, he was phenomenal. I I thought he was the best performer of the day in that O-line, D-line group, maybe of the whole entire camp. I mean, he was pretty much flawless in terms of his ability to stop edge rushers, stop power rushers, and then go and jump in front of the line to pick out the best players and prospects to go against. My, my, I got to tip my cap. Mm-hmm. He went out there and did his stuff. And Miles um, Moreau, man, it's big time. A couple of guards I liked as well, and you kind of already touched on Jonah Tawanu, yeah. who got op- uh, he did get open. He got open. Yes, yeah, he got open. Good for him. Yeah. I liked him at UA the week before, two weeks ago. So I was happy for Jonah. And like you said, didn't win every rep. He had some really cool battles with Kayvon. Right. But like you said, you know, when we're evaluating, if, you, if you're an actual real evaluator, you're not always looking for the result. Right. You don't care if it's a completed pass or if you win the rep. You're looking at just physical tools and, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, like you said, you, you said it really well. He, uh, he, he showed everything that you want to see in a, in a next level player. But a couple of guards I like. I like Logan Sagapolu from Utah. I, I liked him too, Sagapolu. Sky Ridge, 2019 kid. And I actually got tipped off about this kid two years ago and it just completely ignored it. Yeah. You know, I get so many, you know, emails and messages. Sure. And someone, hey, you know, I, I have a friend of a family, just kids, you know, super strong. I get, he might be, I heard he's close to like a 450 pound bench kid. Wow. Power cleans, you know, crazy amount the of weight. The room, yeah, sure. And I just completely ignored it. Okay. Then I saw he got offered by Oregon. Couple couple nights ago, right? And I go, God, that name is familiar to me. I went into my messages <laughs> from two years from ago. two years ago because you, you go on you go on Facebook message, yeah, and it's still there. And sure enough, yeah, Logan Sacapola was the dude. Yeah. So I should have listened to my guy from two years ago. But I get, you know, you get someone who's friends of the oh, family. Of course. What does that mean? Nothing. Usually it means he can't play dead. So I'm like, I'm just gonna. Ignore <laughs> they need this a favor. One. Yeah. Yeah. There's no but doubt. Logan about was it. man. He was strong and powerful and just built for that interior. And I like Maris Talavo as well, Bosco. Thought he, he played well. played a lot of tackle. I think he's a guard at the next level for sure. But Absolutely. it's good to see him healthy. He missed almost the whole junior season. He's their, he was their best offensive lineman. Yeah, he's stout. Strong so you, lower body, Greg. Yeah, no doubt. You, you, you miss that on him. That's, that's a huge loss for Bosco last year. But he looked really good. Uh, Nathan Kalepo. Kalepo. From Washington. Thought, I thought he played well. He played well. Big tackle. Again, liked him at UA two weeks ago. So good to kind of see him uh, again. 
Um, those are kind of names that we all know about. I'm trying to think of any other. I like how Ty Marks looks. Ty looks good. Um, Donovan West, did you get a Donovan, chance to I liked him a lot. I liked him I'm a lot. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. For me, he might have been, I don't think I saw him lose in two events in a row. He didn't lose at the UA event. Yeah. He might have been the second best guy behind Miles. Yeah. I mean, he, he was even more impressive for me playing right tackle than, than Jonah. He didn't go up against anybody that looked like Kayvon, but he... He's a good player. Yeah, he is a good player. And I think he's been that way for a couple of years now at Alamany. So heading into his senior year, um, he's experienced. Uh, he's got feet. He's got balance. He's got flexibility. He did a nice job. I thought he stood out. Um, I think Drake, Drake Metcalf, like you talked about at Bosco, he's an interior guy, not an exterior guy. Uh, but he was competitive. I thought he was tough. Kind of got overmatched a little bit against some big-time prospects. But I think he's a really good football player. Um so, yeah, that, I think that does it kind of for my O-line guys. Other D-line guys, I thought Kobe Pepe did some good things up front. I thought Jalen Rudolph from Sierra, I thought he showed some aggressiveness. I didn't always think he knew exactly how to pass rush. He wasn't very natural, so it's something he needs to work on and develop. But I thought he, he showed some quickness. He showed some aggressiveness, aggressiveness and some toughness. Um, yeah, I think I think that's my group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the MVP, I don't know if you mentioned the MVP was Keon Ware Hudson. Oh, yeah. How yeah. did I forget? Yeah, why don't you speak on him a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I mean, Keon is a guy that I've been kind of gushing. I've been kind of blushing over and gushing over over the last few weeks. Uh, of course, didn't get to see him play last year as a junior. Saw him as a sophomore a little bit, liked his tape. Uh, but when I saw his film from the UA camp, he's just a natural interior guy. Um, plays with tremendous leverage, gets underneath opposing linemen. Uses his hands really well. He's got strong mitts. They're able to snatch and grab and pull. And then he's got the natural ability. I talked about this maybe a week or two ago. To get his hips turned once he's even. And then he's leaving to the quarterback to finish plays. And I can't tell you how many times I've watched my own kids that I've coached who are now playing in the NFL. Cannot get their hips turned to the quarterback and finish. They're even. They're even winning up the field, but they cannot get turned to finish at the quarterback. They end up running past the quarterback. This kid does it naturally. He did it again on Sunday. Keon Ware Hudson, man, I'm a big fan. I got a, I got a comparison for you. Go ahead. Anthony Davis. Basketball player, right? Yeah. Six foot eleven. Yeah. So you know his story, but he was a point guard. As like a sophomore in high school. Right. And, and then grew. literally grew like 10 inches over the summer. Right. And became like, but he's, you watch him play. The reason why he's so skilled mm-hmm. is because he was a point guard first. Okay. Do you think, you know, I don't remember, I saw Keon Ware as a, as a ninth grader. Okay. He was at a tournament playing a little ground zero. Armand Hawkins brought him over to me. He was probably 240 pounds. He was a linebacker. There you go. He got hurt. He ballooned up to, you know, added about 40, 45 pounds in the last two years. Now he's, a, now he's a deep... 60? 60. No, I'm just kidding. We're just kidding, Keon. No, hey, listen, it is but, what but, it is. But so you see, so you're, all the things you're talking about are, yeah. are gifts that a smaller player would typically have, but he's 300 pounds. Yeah. Do you think maybe the reason why he can do some of those things is because he learned to play football at a smaller size? I'm so glad you mentioned that, Greg, because I pulled Keon aside after his performance and I spoke to him. I said, Keon, you remind me of Jarrell Casey. When he played at Long Beach Poly, I coached against Jarrell three years in a row. And Jarrell, Greg, coincidentally, started off as a linebacker. He was a linebacker at his younger age and became ballooned up into a defensive lineman. Hmm. So the fact that you 
knew that story and just shared it. And Jarrell's background as a linebacker turned defensive lineman. And my conversation with Keon, not even knowing his story, his backstory, makes total sense. Um, and it, it does speak to his natural ability to get his hips turned, which linebackers have to do in space, in pass covers, things of that nature, and be able to finish at the quarterback. So, um, great point. Great reference, GB. Yeah, I liked him a lot. He got MVP. But I, I really liked uh, Drake Jackson. Yeah. I, I, no, no disrespect at all to, to Ware Hudson because, I, again, I loved him. But I thought Drake was the, was the best D lineman that day. I, again, I thought it was the, he was the best D lineman at U of A two weeks ago. And I haven't yet to see him lose. I think he's doing it multiple ways. He's not just, you know, doing an edge rush or, or just trying to do a bull rush. He's got a variety of moves. Obviously, you know, his dad, Dennis, we know really well as a D line coach. So he's got that built in, uh, you know, he was raised. You know, on, on it. I think his dad said he, you know, since he was like seven years old, he's been training him. So he knows what to do. Yeah. He knows how to beat a guy. But he looks, I was concerned last year about this time that he was going to become a kind of a tweener. Okay. He was about 240. Yeah. I didn't think he was athletic enough to really be an edge athletic freaky guy on the outside. Right. I don't think he could be enough to, to pack enough weight to be an inside guy. I'm like, where is Drake going to play? He's productive, but where is his, where, now he's 260. Yeah, where's his fit? And he's 6'4". Yeah. So now I feel better about him being, you know, maybe an ideal fit, like in a 3-4 defensive end type. I think that's what he's going to grow into. I mean, yeah. you, you figure, if he's 260 now, and as I was talking to his dad about it at the camp, what is he going to be at 20 years old? He's going to yeah. be 285, right? So sure. now you're talking about 6'4", 285. That sounds like Dayton Jones playing a 3-4 end for the Green Bay Packers as a 2013 first-round pick. Yeah. So – yeah, no, I'm with you. If, if you had to pick a freak, right, if you had to pick a, a football freak in that O-line, D-line group, GB, who would it be? Freak meaning, man, this guy's a no-brainer NFL guy. No-brainer. Hmm. I mean, Kayvon's the obvious one. Right. Right? Yeah. Are you looking for someone else? No. Was, I'm that, just, was just that your guy? Would you pick Kayvon? Yeah, I'd pick Kayvon, but I'm really, really high on um, Jonah. I'm really high on Jonah. I'm really I high on meant, I thought you meant just D-line. You meant the whole Yeah, the, the whole, whole line, line. D-line. Yeah. Yeah, I think Kayvon's the obvious choice, but, it, I mean, it's kind of where I want to take it for each position. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I saw a lot of NFL players on Sunday. That's good. That, that sounds interesting. That is, that's interesting. Yeah, seeing a lot of NFL players like 24-7 rankings. Really? Well, I mean, that's based on NFL, not college. So uh, you're looking, you're, not, you're kind of bypassing college. You're, you're moving all the way to, to Sundays. Well, I mean, I know it when I see it. And when I see an NFL guy, it, it stands out. So, yeah, I think Kayvon, but I, I really love Jonah. I love Keon Warehouse. If he can continue to improve his quickness up front, that's what Jarrell Casey had in spades, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those We've guys. got a couple guys that, that, uh, that we both just body-wise, frame-wise. Yeah. Mary Johnson, yeah, Alonzo Hall, Alonzo Gray Hall from Hall. sure. I mean, just looking at the frames, yeah. I'll be honest, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, yeah, when the drills position one on one started, st- yeah. just kind of started. Because I mean, a- as someone who's been doing this for, you just want to tell a story. Sure. It's always fun, fun to tell a story about a guy who no one really has heard of, and right. I don't think either kid has any offers yet. But just off the hoof, those two are more impressive looking than Kayvon. They look like two small forwards. Oh my gosh! Playing for the Detroit Hall looks like a power forward. He was a little thicker. Yeah, than, he's a little than, thicker. But they both are six five, six six. What eighty something wingspan? Yeah, knee scratchers. Yeah. I had no idea what they tested, but just looking at those two guys, yeah. You know, 
Mary's at Diamond Ranch. Reseda yep. is where Hall's at. Right. I mean, that's the place that if you're a college coach, you got to go and just look at those guys. There's no question. Because there's so much, so much there. You got to take those guys. And that's what. How, that's how you draw it up. There's no question. If you want a three-four outside backer, if you want a weak side defensive end, those are your guys. They're raw. They're green. Yeah. But you know what? They have athletic ability. They have size. They have length. And it takes a red shirt year and a good coach. To me, in three years from their senior year right now, so you talk about their red shirt freshman year, they yeah. should be ready to roll. Yeah. If I was coaching them, they'd be ready to roll. That's all I got to say. But that's that's when you have parents will say, hey, and this happens all the time. I got a parent or even a high school coach. I don't get why my kid's not being recruited. It's because coaches are looking for that right there. No question. You mentioned I love Cole Aubrey. Yeah. If if. If Cole Aubrey looked like either one of those two guys oh. and had his ability, he'd, he'd be, be the five number. Star. He'd be the number one player in the world. He'd be a five star, easy five star. Because I love. I'm not, glad you mentioned Cole. I, I love Cole too, like, dude. He took reps on best on best. Yeah. At D tackle, he moved inside because again, when you have too many defensive ends, you got to kind of even it out. Just like Miles had to move inside. Good point. It wasn't really fair for Cole to have to do it. He's two fifteen, but he did it anyway. Yeah. I think he went two for three. Yeah. And he doesn't even play. Nose guard slash D tackle three tech whatever it was they were, he they was were doing. Nose guard. He, he was playing really good, but yeah. those two guys, man, that's that is what college coaches are looking for. Yeah. And when you hear the word upside, it's that frame right there. Can't coach Hall that. and Johnson six five six six with length and a little bit of a little bit of athleticism. So yeah. just got to learn how to play. Gotta play how to football. play. No yeah. question. Let's move yeah. on to the running backs, linebackers. They were the second group. Okay. And. Uh, I just got to say this, man. This has been on my mind since Sunday. Say it. Justin Flo. The show. Baby man. I don't like baby man. I don't either. I'm not going to call him that. But you know what? This was my first time meeting Justin face-to-face. Okay. Having a conversation with him. I love the kid. Oh, yeah. And I knew he was good, Greg. Yeah. I knew he was really good. He's better than you thought. Is that what you're going to tell me? I knew he was like... The best linebacker in the country in his class. Yeah. I'm ready to say he's Uh-oh. the best linebacker in the country okay. in 2020, 2019, and 2018. I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going to say the best player. Because I know Savelle Smalls is like your, that's your dude. So I thought you are going to. Oh, love Savelle. Because we're actually having this internal debate with 247 as we speak. Really? Top 2020 guy. Both of those two guys are going to be in our top three. Yeah. And the debate was who should be number one. Yeah. So as of right now, we still have Smalls ahead of Flo. Yeah. Flo is either going to be two or three. Yeah. But I was curious if you're going to, if you're going to go out, out on that limb and say, you know what, I'm going to now proclaim Justin Flo the number one player in the 2020 class. Listen, if you guys made Justin Flo number one in 2020, I would not. Add, I wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah. I knew he was good, Greg. I didn't know he was this special. Plays. I didn't know his intangibles were this special. He plays angry. Beyond that, though, Greg, the infectious nature of his intensity. Fiery. It had the entire linebacker group lit. Which is why I, which is why I just cringed when you tried to compare him to a young Keith Miller. I said, no, he's not a young Keith Miller. He's so much better than that. He's better than I was. At- can I, I just say, it's, is it me, just me or is it 200 degrees in your house right now? Can we do something about this or should we just keep talking? <laughs> we can, you do have a hoodie on. You, you keep talking, I'm going to take the sweatshirt off. <laughs> My wife likes it warm, man. What do you want me to do? So, back to it, though. Justin, his 
the how hard he played and the edge he played with, it rubbed off on every linebacker. Every linebacker tried to take his game to another level because of how hard and how fast and how physical and intense Justin played. Again, I knew he was really good. I, I don't see a linebacker better than him in 2018's class. I don't see anybody better in 2019. There definitely ain't nobody better in 2020. Justin Flo is an absolute monster. And if I'm a college coach, Greg, I'm all in on Justin Flo. I'm all in like Sean Miller is all in. I'm all in like Tony Bland is all in. I love that you said that. Because you know how I feel about U of A basketball. I do. That was the best line that. that you've said all year. That was your best line ever. That's better than given nicknames Andrew Van Bully. No, there, there's not a country, there's not a college in the in the country that hasn't offered this guy that's not all in on him. I, I think there's one. I talked to him afterward. I think he might have mentioned was it Clemson? But I mean, yeah. he's Bama's top guy. You know, SC, UCLA, the local schools. He's Michigan, Notre Dame. I mean, name a school. They're going to be all over this guy. Um, they only measured him out at six one. He was care. upset about that. He was like, "Dude, I'm six three. I was like, I'm not for 6'3". I'm 5'10 and a half. I stood next to him. I go, I'll give you on a good day. I'll give you 6'2-ish, but I don't know if I'm going to give you 6'3". But he was upset about the 6'1". But he's a pure inside guy and just will just centerpiece of your defense, right? Put him in the center and just build around that. You know, quick, quick story, GB. <clears throat> when I was, me and my wife got married and we had our first child, we moved to South Central L.A., it's what we could afford at the time. This was, you know, nine years ago. We were young. And we moved on Fifth Avenue and 66th Street. If you don't know, that's the 60s neighborhood. Gang infested. It's just a lot of drama, domestic violence. I hang out there. I've been there. You've been there. Okay, yeah. I know. It's kind of similar, similar to South Central Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach. Matt, You're right. I've seen it. And when we moved there, Greg, you know, we weren't from there. I was from the South Bay. I'm from, you know, Gardena, Hawthorne area. And, and I'm just flawed by, floored by what I'm seeing. And so I typed up a memo and I walked that memo to every house on the block. People came out their houses on Saturday. They were up in arms. He can't do this. What is this? What was your memo? It was basically saying, you know what? I'm not putting up with your shenanigans, with your garbage. And you're going to learn how to act right or we're going to have a problem. And so I'm surprised you're sitting right in front of me right now, still telling the story. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised, <laughs> GB. You'd be surprised. Um, but shortly thereafter, GB, people started to conform. We would take our family on walks around the neighborhood. People would look at us funny. Next, you know, everybody was taking their kids around the neighborhood on walks. People start cutting their grass. People start turning their music down. People stop pull parking in other folks' driveway. GB. When somebody that is trend-setting and dynamic and has that type of infectious nature moves into a community, a street, gets on a football team, they change the dynamic of the program. I'm telling you right now, Justin Flo is going to change somebody's defense. And he is going to be, like you said, the centerpiece, but he is going to be an absolute warrior and he's going to bring 10 other guys with him every Saturday 
every Sunday for the next 15 years. I'm so excited to see it. I was so excited. He was he was just phenomenal. Can't hide it. He was phenomenal, GB. As the great Pointer Sisters and once said, the best linebacker performance I've seen at a camp. And I'm not even a camp guy. I want to see guys with pads on hitting. Yeah. But I don't have to question whether he wants to hit somebody. He was hitting people out there with no pads on. Oh yeah. He's special, man. He's one of those guys you need to pull off the pile, not throw onto the pile. I had a coach from Washington once tell me that. He's like, I want guys you need to pull off the pile, not throw on the pile. No question. Who else you like? Linebackers. Like Gabriel Floyd. Okay. Uh, thought he moves really well. Um, thought he played. He he likes to play for for the fun of. You could tell he's out there having fun, and mm. I like that about him. Uh, love his size. Yeah, love his athleticism. Friend. Great friend. He looked good. Like Blake Anzalados. Okay. He got after it in pass rush. Um, thought he did some really good things and cat and mouse. Spencer Lytle did some pretty good things. I, someone I would you know I, I was curious to find out the Tufano, the linebacker yeah. from Hawaii. He didn't do it for me. Yeah, a little inconsistent. I thought, he, I thought he struggled. I thought his frame struggled. Kind of you know soft in the middle. Got the wobbly booty. You know what I mean. Um, he wasn't as athletic as I would like. You know, not trying to knock the kid. Just I was anticipating, and my expectations were high because of what I've read and sure. all the offers. And have you I seen his tape yet? I have not his seen tape his tape. Is really good. Okay. So I was like you. I was expecting a little bit more. Yeah. He got frustrated during pass rush drills. Yeah. You know, pushing guys, but he wasn't getting to quarterback. That was a little disappointing to see. I always root for the Hawaiian. Hawaii boys, Punahou High School. Saw him against Sarah last year. He looked really good. Had a great junior tape. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hoping, I was just hoping for a little bit more. Yeah, I was hoping for a little bit more. A little more of everything. Yeah. A little more Mace Funa. Oh! Mace is Mace a was he, Mace is probably the, my second guy after, I was gonna say after that. Justin. I was going to say that. Mace was... He did everything really well. And his transition, GB, from his sophomore year as a defensive mm-hmm. tackle in to now being an outside linebacker, but still playing with... With with lean and, and leverage and hands and fluidity and athleticism, you don't normally see that a guy no. transition from from inside as a three technique basically to an athletic outside linebacker. But Mace Simfuna, man, he's really good. I don't think he gets enough credit for being so instinctive because he's a guy who's built for pads. I've said this so many times. Like I'm, I, I literally, as I say it, I'm like, dude, stop saying it. You sound annoying. Yeah. Cause I keep saying the same thing over yeah. and over again. I'm, but, I'm, but it's the correct but, point. But it's like, he's a guy who's built for pads. Yeah. He's not a seven on seven guy. Yeah. He's a six, three, 240 pound hybrid linebacker, defensive end. Right. He's going to be probably be 260. Right. Yet he goes to these events and always gets his hands on so many footballs. He's always in the right place, right time. And you watch his film. I mean, just, Fumble recovery for a touchdown. Jumps a route for a touchdown. I mean, he has a knack for just always kind of being, and you can say, oh, it's modern day's coaching. No, at these events, there's no modern day coaches around. He just no. knows where to go on the field. Like, it, like my son plays soccer. Yeah. Now, there's a saying, if you're really good, the ball always seems to find you. Sure. Really good players. You put another guy in that same spot, never touches the ball. No. Yeah. You put an elite player in that same position, the ball always goes to him. You're like, why does the ball always go there? No, he just he knows. Ha- that's Mace Funa in football. Yeah. The guy just always knows where to be on the football field. That's called being a natural football player. I understand the game. I understand the angles. Mm. I understand the avenues. I understand where to be and when to be there. Because when I show up, I'm going to make the play. So Mace Funa, yeah, really good. Um, other linebackers who 
who you like, GB? I think you touched on all of them already. Okay. You know, I, I love Floyd. I thought he got open. He deserved it. Yeah. Mace got open. He deserved it. Uh, Justin, I think, will. They can't announce underclassmen yet, but right. he was MVP, so I think that kind of speaks for itself. He's going to get it. I thought those were the three best guys for me. Um, like I said, you, you already spoke on, on Spence and Blake. I don't know if I have. How about Andre White from Pennsylvania? Yeah, from, he was from good. I saw him. At, he was at uh, Oakland last week. So okay. I got to see him. I thought he was. I, so this is kind of funny. I don't know if I liked him better last week okay. or if the group this week was that much better. So he didn't really stand out as much. Yeah. Love the frame. Yeah. Just didn't look as, uh, how do I say it? Just didn't look as dynamic as he did last week in Oakland okay. when there wasn't as much talent around him. Yeah, this 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 talent on Sunday was pretty high. Yeah. You know, especially the the, the elite talent was, it was like. Like he's got a great frame. You know, yeah. he, he really looks the part. I think he's a really good looking prospect. He was at, he was visiting USC. That's why he was down here again. He's from yeah. Pennsylvania. So right. I think he's probably the you know, I didn't I didn't I don't know if it was him, but I was told there was a Pennsylvania family can't get in. I'm assuming it was his, sure. his family. Yeah. So Hopefully, uh, Andre got out of the car and said, look, I'm 6'3", 230. You let my whole parents in or else. There's going to be issues. Yeah, I said, he looks like LeVar Try to Arrington. tell this guy. Yeah. Yeah, try to tell Big Dave, you can't get in here. Yeah. I spoke to Michael Parsons about Andre White. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the now, you know, Penn State linebacker, the former five-star from 2018 class or 20, yeah, 18, 18. class. And uh, he says, this guy can run and hit with the best of them. And I believe it at 6'3", 230 in the frame that he has. There's no question about it. So, Andre White, be on the lookout for him. He's a big-time player out of the 717 Harrisburg, yeah, Harrisburg. PA. Big-time program. Let's talk about the running backs, GB. Who'd you like? Yeah, so MVP was Sean Dollars. I mean, that's that's environment is just built for him. Of course. You know, he's a cat-and-mouse guy. Yep. He's a go-out-for-routes guy. And he did. He dominated. He was really good. I've seen a lot of a lot of really good running backs not do much work in that cat and mouse drill. For those who aren't familiar with the cat and mouse drill, you have a linebacker here, a running back here. I'd say probably about 20 yards apart. And the whole purpose of the drill is running back runs as fast as he can this way. Linebacker comes this way and you try to make him a little juke yeah. and get around him. Yep. Linebacker can, you know, ideally hit you with two hands below the neck. Although we saw our guy Justin Flo uh, close on a few people. But the one guy Justin Flo wasn't able to beat was Sean Dollars. Yeah. Called them out. They're ground zero teammates. Yeah. Justin Flo called hey, Dollars. You, me, let's go right now. Sean put a little juke. Boom. Went right past him. Yeah. Dollars was, uh, he was exceptional in that. And he's such a pure route runner. Just watch him. That's like a slot receiver when he goes out for routes. He's just so comfortable in that environment. Catching the football really naturally. He doesn't fight the ball. So, uh, Sean got open and was the running back MVP. I know we both were watching George Halani just demolish kids in the pass rush drills. Holy smokes. And for those who don't, don't know what that is, so there is a bag at said spot here. You have a linebacker that lines up right on top of the running back. There's like a, maybe a yard in between them, if that, half a yard, right? Yeah. And the linebacker needs to kind of make a no bull rush allowed. Got to make a move. And <laughs> you, got, you catch on video? Did you? put him over the ropes yeah into the next building i had to jump out of the way using my athletics like my, my high level quick twitch athleticism to dive out of the way <laughs> but george was easily the best running back from a physicality standpoint 
Yeah, I in did the pass record, rushing drills. I did record that. Man, George Halani, he's just stellar. You know how much I really love him. And he's Dollars. better. He's he's better. Yeah. He's got George has way more wiggle. He's not just a I think people see a Polynesian running back. No, he's just no. gonna be a plotter. No. He's gonna be just a you know, put his no. head down and try to get three yards. He's a dynamic ball carrier that oh. can get side to side, that can get diagonal, can make people miss, can run you over or can run past you. Don't know how he tested. it. I don't really care. I'm a George Halani guy, and I'll take him. Over a lot of guys across the country that are, are, are more highly rated, Greg, he does not get a lot of respect. Oh, he does in not. In terms of nationally, and I'm going to put that on you in the latest 247 rankings. Oh, but, man, George Halani, man, he's got it. Greg, as a running back, you got to be able to either run past people with speed, run over people with power, or make people miss. He can do all three. Hey, man, I've been pumping him up for two years now, so it's not on me. It's on those coaches to look past the fact that we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. Right. It's very tough for Polynesian running backs to get a lot of love. So yeah, No, that's weird. Um, a couple guys I didn't see. I don't know if they didn't show up with Jordan Wilmore. Did he not? I didn't see him. Yeah. Chris Street. Chris was good. I thought, I thought Chris Street was really good. I like Chris. He's, he's bigger. He thicker. told me he's 190. Man, he looked so good. My, my first, my, so after the camp was over, he came up to me, and the first thing I asked him, I go, dude, how big are you now? He's at Jay Sarah. Yeah. Like, how much weight? He goes, I'm one, I think he said 190. Looks good. He's strong. Yeah, he looks good. Powerful man. kid. Want to give a quick shout out. I got a chance to meet our guy, Zaquan Irby. Remember Zaquan yeah. Irby? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ganesha High School. Was he, was, he, was he one of our sleepers? I know we talked about him Stat Stars, but was yeah. he also a sleeper of the week? I don't think he was a sleeper of the week. Stat Stars multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. 300 yards a game over oh, yeah. there at... Ganesha, I got a chance to meet him. Just a, a happy-go-lucky kid, big smile, big heart, and I just wanted to shout him out, man. Cool. He had a great junior year, and he's out there competing his tail off um, at the Nike opening regional in Los Angeles. So nice job, Zaquan Irby. Any other running Yeah, backs? kind of a sleep sleeperish kid, Omari Gary. I thought he had a good day. Omari Gary. He's now at Alamania. I believe he was at Cathedral last year, but Omari Gary is going to be over at Alamania now. Okay. Um, I think we both like Nathaniel Jones. Oh, Again, not, not necessarily a setting built for him, but really good in the pass rush drills, decent in the cat and mouse, just a physical downhill guy. Not going to have a whole lot of wiggle. He didn't have George's little side-to-side -side lateral movement, but he's a downhill, get out of the way, let him create some space. Big, fast, strong kid. Let me tell you something. Nathaniel Sambees Jones, and remember I'm going to say this, Greg. He will be a college All-American running back. He is physical. He is fast. He's aggressive. And he's got a nasty streak to him when he's blocking. He's going to pound somebody to death at the next level. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Sand Beast is a beast. And I know he's going to play behind George Harney. They're going to share the backfield. You got to find a way to get this guy the ball. The kid can, comes downhill. He's got a head like a hammer and a neck like a pit bull. I got to get this guy to peel, especially in the second half where defense is tired. And you got to tackle Sam Beast and Halani along with Savage darting in and out of holes. Look out for Bosco, man. They're, they've loaded up for the 2019 season. I can tell you that, GB. Let's take it to the wide receivers, DBs. One more guy. I'm kind of looking through, through okay, my list. We don't, want, we don't want to snub anybody. Yeah, no. Don't want to snub uh, But anybody. I thought uh, Teron Madison from, from Banny, another kid who I thought was really good in the pass rush drills, physical downhill running back, and I liked his style as well. I like toughness, and I think Teron Madison is a tough physical kid. Didn't get to see Jamal Bell at all. 
if he was there, he probably would have been with the receivers. But did you see Jamal? That was another guy I was kind of looking forward to seeing. I thought he would have been the most, one of the most, if not the most dynamic offensive players. But unfortunately, Jamal Bell, if you were there, we didn't get to see you. So No, he wasn't there, and we already know what type of athlete he is. I mean, he's just a supreme, elite athlete, top level. Yeah, I want to see him in that stage. Oh, man, he'd, he'd, uh, he'd steal the show. Ain't no question about it. But wasn't there, so, you know, we got to move on. Yeah. GB? So who, what position? So it's receiver, DBs, DBs, quarterbacks? That's the last ones? Uh, you know what? Let's talk about the tight ends a little bit. Okay. There were some big-time tight ends there. Yeah, there were some big tight ends. Yeah, big, big and tight big end time. end big time, yeah. Yeah, no question about it. Starting off, Jude Wolf thought he lit up the testing portion. Thought he looked very good um, in, the, in the route running and the drills and catching the ball. But let me tell you something, GB. There is a NFL pro bowler by the name of Michael Martinez that I was blown away by. Absolutely blown away by. He has maybe the biggest upside of anybody at the entire camp in terms of just upside. Michael Martinez is going to be special. He ain't special right now. He's still filling out his body, still learning how to move with those big old size 22 shoes. Mm. But man, what a frame. Huge hands, great ball catcher, long arm, tremendous catch radius. I was shocked and awed by Mike Martinez. Blown away NFL player right off the bat. Yeah. For me, I'm going I'm to disagree with you a little bit. Okay, go ahead. And I've seen him seen him a lot. The frame will just take your breath away. And I mean that in the most masculine way possible. Yeah. The hands are gigantic. The feet is going to keep growing. When I watched him in the one-on-ones, I was really focused on him. I, and I do like him, but a little stiff. Yeah. A little robotic in his movement. Absolutely. Not a fluid athlete like Jude or even Darnell Washington, who was the big tight end from Desert Pines, the 2020 kid. Yeah. I think those guys had a little better movement. Yeah. A little more fluidity. Michael looked a little bit robotic mm-hmm. at times. And so I, I kind of came away saying, is this a guy who can he ever get big enough to be an all-pro, all-American? I see upside as a left tackle. I see him as an offensive lineman, but as a tight end, I just want to see a little bit more athleticism in his body and his movement, the way he moves around. I love the frame. I love everything, all the things that you said. Yeah. But I just, I'm just curious if he's going to have a little, you know. And I'm not going to put the kid down. I hope it doesn't suck. No. I am. No, you but don't. I just, I if, if he doesn't add a little bit more, you know, a little more fluidity in his, in his, in his little movement, athleticism, little athleticism mm-hmm. at that tight end position. Sure. His highest upside might be gaining more weight and moving down and playing some tackle. I don't. I hear you, and I see your vision. I don't know if his body is built for that, but I'm not against it. And what I mean by NFL player, he's not that guy right now. I think he grows to be into the guy that I'm talking about. Um, I think another year in high school, a red shirt year. As he continues to get comfortable in that body and with those feet, I think that athleticism will pick up. I think that athleticism will improve. I, matter of fact, I guarantee you that's going to happen. Uh, but love Jude Wolf. Drew, Jude is a, is a natural, swift athlete, former basketball player, like you said. Tremendous size. He's about 6'6", six, six, GB. I mean, he's huge. At least, yeah. And he looked small compared to Michael Martinez and, and Darnell Washington. Yeah. And Washington was 6'8", and he's 15 years old. <sighs> Unbelievable. 15 he, years old is a basketball, basketball player who's got all – I mean, everything you said about Michael, I would kind of translate over to, to the Washington kid. Yeah. You know, he's. I think he's watching him, you know, run his routes down the field. And, was he fluid? 
he was much more fluid than than you'd expect. He's he's a 2020 kid. 2020 kid. So we get, we're gonna put him into that Justin Flo conversation. It's a real I'm gonna slow my roll. I'm predicting that, you know NFL. Justin Flo is probably an easy guy to predict, but man, this kid. I mean, great. You just he, said he's six eight. Yeah. And a super athlete. Super, and I just he's he was known as a defensive end coming into this camp. Right. That's what he kind of signed up for. But he worked out with the tight ends, and I talked to one of his coaches who was there that brought him, and he said there's people kind of trying to get him. You know, pulling him in both sides. You know, they want him for this or that. But man, it's fifty. Is he done growing? I talked to the coach. I go, man, if he's six eight right now and he's fifteen, I, I hope it doesn't get to be six eleven. Yeah, I'm thinking, where's the basketball? Right. I'm thinking, where's the basketball? And you're gonna play basketball for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, he was. He was freaky to look at. You know, everyone was like, who was that guy? Who was on the roster? <laughs> yeah. signed, signed up the night before. Who is that guy? Who right? is that guy? Yeah, no question about it. So. Uh, yeah, the tight ends look good. I thought they did a nice job. But let's move on to the DBs, receivers, okay. GB. Uh, who stood out for you? Let's talk receivers first. Receivers. Who was my top receiver? So uh, trying to think. Who was the MVP? MVP was the sleeper kid from Arcadia. Right. Do you remember his name? I wrote him down. I do Let me not see if I can find his him. his name. He's, uh, he's so sleepy. So Jab- Jabari Kendall from Arcadia. Go. Jabari Kendall. Played at Cathedral last year. I watched his tape. Uh, after the camp was over, yeah. Because I honestly, I'll be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about him prior to the camp. And he, you know, he was Bryce Young's go-to guy. He had 35 catches last year. Yeah, a lot of rack, ran for the catch, a lot of speed. Uh, so he was the MVP. Uh, the guy who got open was Colby Bowman. Yeah, Brew McCoy, and Kyle Ford, all also got open. Um, I want to let you break those guys down. Start off with Brew McCoy, Kyle Ford, Kobe Bowman. What'd you think about about their performances? Not not prospect wise. No. You know, we both love Brew. Sure. I, I wasn't blown away by him, if I'm being honest with him, as a receiver that day. Yeah. Looked a little 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 rusty as far as routes and catching the ball. He's the best player at the camp. But in terms of those three guys, Kyle Ford. Yeah. How did how'd you like him that day? Kyle Ford. Um, first of all, his frame is tremendous. They call him Gene, which I think is a terrific nickname just because like his genes are off the chain. But I love Cal for his ability to deep ball playmaker, a deep mm. ball playmaker, double coverage, single coverage, doesn't matter. He can go up and get it. Um, would like to see Kyle improve his speed. I don't know if he has that separational speed um, at, you know, to get behind defenders consistently at the next level. But his size, his length, his strength – I think Bo Wells for him. I thought he made a bunch of plays at the camp. Brew McCoy, he looked great um, in his t-shirt and shorts. His frame is unbelievable. I thought he looked swift. Um, like you said, I didn't think he was probably on top of his game as a receiver. I've seen him play better. But make no mistake about it, at 6'3", 205, uh, with his type of length and athleticism, Greg, he's going to be a problem. I thought he made some plays. Um, I thought his route running, like you said, could have been sharper. Um, but I thought he made some plays, and I thought he looked good most times. And then you talk about Comey Bowman. Yeah. I thought he looked the best out of all three of those guys on Sunday. Kobe looked really, really good. I, he looked I lean. Agree. I agree. He looked long and athletic. Um, he looked very natural catching the ball. His routes were really good. I love Kobe's ability to, to bend his knees to the top of his routes and get in and out of his breaks quickly. 
Um, Kobe's running track. His, his, his acceleration is, is improving. His explosiveness um, is increased. His catch radius has always been really good. He's about six foot three. Um, he's turned into a dynamic athlete. We saw him in, uh, in pads last year go, you know, 70 yards. Yeah. So we always kind of had that sneaky speed. Yeah. But now That's I don't your, think it's sneaky. Yeah. Either. Yeah. No, he, he was one of the three guys in the fastest man competition. All right. He ran a test at 4-5. And again, he ran 4-5. That, that, that day is probably a 4-4 on a normal day because nobody was running fast. I love Kobe. He got open. He got surprised some people. But again, I think the coaches, looked, that, he, they loved him. They, he was almost, you know, I think he was the runner-up runner up for MVP. I think they probably would have given it to him, but they like to sometimes like to spread the wealth a little bit, give it to Jabari, who, who's a, a sleeper. But I have Brew McCoy's testing card right in front of me here. Top rating of the day. Top rating of the day. And I, I love it when the best players also, you know, show some, you know, some other things. Sure. One twenty-five point four three. So at six three, where's his height? Six three two oh five. Uh huh. He went four six two. Yep. That's electronic time. Four two two shuttle. Thirty eight vertical jump and threw the power ball, which weighs six pounds, forty five feet, which is in the ninety nine percentile. That's that's a card. That's called big, fast, strong, and quick. No, I, I am a Brew McCoy fan through the roof, on the field, off the field. Uh, there's not a more dominant receiver in pads. Watches him up close. I'm going to be honest. Makes me just want to. I want him to play outside linebacker in college. I want him to be that guy coming off the edge, being uh, I don't know who can compare him to. Khalil Mack. Yeah. Well, what did Khalil Mack weigh in high school? I mean, he's two fifty. He's two fifty no, now. He, they say he was two hundred in high school. Well, so he's two fifty now. Yeah. I looked it up, but I love Brew. But I like what you said about Kobe. I thought he had a great day. He runs the curve on that four by one hundred relay team, which is like second in the states. All all all, all Bosco football relay team. Yeah. So I like that he's doing the curve. I want you to. I don't want you getting stiff on me, Kobe. No. Some, some track guys kind of get straight, straight, straight. But Kobe's running that third leg, the curve. Yeah, good for him. It's uh, Lavelle Price gives it to Titus Toller. To Kobe to and then Trent McDuffie. McDuffie. They sure. had like the second best time in the, in the state. That's yeah, kind of cool. Four guys that can run. No yeah, question. absolutely. Um, any other receiver? Micah Pittman. What do you think about Micah? Micah looks like a run. He's built like a running back. Absolutely. Um, and, and running he back shows body. That, yeah, he told he shows that type of skill when he has the football in his hand after catch. But he catches the ball really well. He's strong, really quick. Strong. Yeah, really quick. Uh, can create that separation out of his routes with his quickness, with his footwork, and his. Technique in terms of route running, like the way he looked. Um, any other receivers that you liked out there, GB? I mean, Drake London kind of catches your eye because he's so big. Thought he made some plays. He made some plays down the field. Again, he he looks like a basketball player right now. He's still like, yeah. not the most fluid. You know, I'm always going to use that word, but I think it's such an important aspect to have as a as a receiver, as an athlete. Period. Just being fluid in your movement. I feel like it's it's hard to translate without it. I feel like it's hard to, you can get bigger, faster, stronger, straight line, but if you're not just, if you're kind of herky-jerky, not yeah. real fluid, it's kind of hard. So, uh, but Drake's 6'5", making, making big plays down the field, so that, that size is something that uh, I think you kind of like a lot. Um, who else? I'm looking at the roster as we speak here, so you can feel free to jump in. Tariq Luckett, I thought was good. And I don't, again... I think he's so smooth. He might be one of the smoothest route runners. Everything he does looks effortless. The game just looks easy for him. The way he catches the ball, you don't hear it. He doesn't fight the ball ever. Smooth and explosive at the same time. Smooth in his route and then explodes out of his breaks. I thought he had a good day. I think he's really good. At 6'2", with less than athleticism, absolutely. Tariq Luckett is a big-time player, and I expect more colleges to kind of hop on board with him. He's a, 
He's a route runner. He's a ball catcher. Um, he's got, you know, highway speed. Really like Tariq Luckett. There's no question about that. Anybody else stood out to you? Uh, there was. And I don't want to say his name because I don't want to butcher it. Or say the wrong name. So, um... Why don't you why don't you yeah. jump over to DBs and, okay. and maybe talk about I'll, yeah, sure. I'll come up with this. Yeah, so DBs I'm Chris Steele is the MVP. It's the best I've seen him look. Uh, I thought he looked lean but strong. I thought he looked quicker. I thought he looked faster, more explosive, more fluid. Uh, the extra training that he's been doing has obviously kicked in and really helped him kind of limber up and, and create more flexibility for himself. Thought he looked good. A sleeper that I don't think a lot of people have paid attention to, but I thought stood out my eye was Kerry Crump Jr. Yes. Out of Culver City. Yeah. I thought he played really good. I mean, not a bunch of flashy plays, just really good technique, really good quick feed, a nice pedal, ability to find the football and get his hands on it. I thought he looked really good in DB drills. Max Williams found the ball a couple times um, on vertical routes. I thought Elias Rex looked special. His length and his footwork always are going to stand out for me. I thought Darian Green-Warren played really well, um, just in terms of his physicality and his awareness. You know, when they go kind of half-skelly, his ability to play inside, outside, understand zone coverage, where to be, what route to relate to. He's just a football IQ guy that goes a long way in my book. Um... Anybody else DBs that you liked out there? I thought Jeremiah Cradell did some nice yeah, things. Yeah, no, no doubt. On no doubt. Um, I found my receiver, Jamar Simpson. He won the fastest man competition. Jamar Simpson. And uh, not a natural pass catcher just yet. Yeah. But just from an athletic standpoint, just yeah. watching him run and, and run some routes, the guy gets open pretty easily. Yeah. And so I wanted to shout him out because I thought he deserved it. Again, fastest man competition. What He won it. Um, I don't know what he won to win it, but I think he ran 4.57, which was the fastest of the day. You know, as I was looking for Jamar, I felt, dude, Logan Loya. How do we not talk about Logan? Raymond. That's yeah, Raymond, that was the man. nickname. Yes. Come on, GB. Everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond, man. I, I thought LV Bunkley Shelton had a good day. Bunkley Shelton did have a good day. I, I thought Chris Hudson was on the verge until he, do you see him get, he landed on his face. Yeah. That was know, painful. You know what? I hadn't been that high on Chris Hudson, but. This comp, this camp opened my eyes. Chris is a baller, He's man. He's a baller. He's the reason why, uh, yeah, Devin Cooley ended up kind of getting replaced last year because Chris emerged, man. He's yeah. going to have a big year, but no, Chris is good. Went up for a ball and landed right on his face. Yeah. It, was, it was bad, so hopefully Chris is okay. Yeah. He's a super good kid. Melquan Stovall, also a fast, electric, electric kid. Uh, Gary Bryant, I thought was one of the better Gary underclassmen. Bryant. In fact, talking to Bucky Brooks, dude, that, that was his guy. He loved Gary Bryant. Guy knows how to play football. He knows how to stick his foot in the ground and create that separation. He's got soft hands, man. Gary's I mean, good. You don't hear the ball when it touches his hands. And that's what you like to like to have as a so receiver. So all those receivers yeah. really played well. But no, like, I'll echo what you said about Chris Still. Best I seen him look. And, and, I, you know, and I told Chris, I go, Chris, I want to see you cover. Because we know you can beat people up. And we know that's what, yeah, that's what gets Twitter all, you know, on Can fire. Right. People want to see a guy throw a guy around. People get off on that. I don't. I think it's, you know, it doesn't do anything for me. Sure. And I know Chris is the most physical DB out there. Yeah. You know, he, he can punish you. But I'm like, Chris, I want to see you. Show me you can cover. Yeah. Like, I know you can. 
you know, let, let's let's and, show it. And he and he was yeah. tested off the charts again. He had second best Nike rating. Yeah. Or whatever they're calling it now. It's not called Spark or Nike. Oh, really? No, it's called the the rating. The transparent truth. We call rating. It the tra- We should sponsor the rating. We should. So from now on, we'll get Brian's stuff on the show. Yeah. It's gonna be called the transparent truth rating. Yeah. He had the second best rating behind Brew. Yeah. Jumped forty inches. He ran four six two as well. Yeah. So I really like what Chris did. He's such a good kid. I love talking with him. Yeah. So I just don't want him to get caught up in, in trying to please, you know, people sure. on Twitter who, you know, you don't need to please them. Don't yeah. worry about those guys. So he got open. Max Williams. He got, got open. open. Max got open. Um, we talked Brew got open. Yeah, I'm trying to think. We already cut. So I, I have. So here's the guys who got open. Uh, Sean Dollars, Kyle Ford, Colby Bowman, Brew McCoy, Jonah Tawanu. Kayvon Thibodeau, to Gabriel Floyd, Mace Funa, Chris Steele, and Max Williams. And I think Justin Flo will we'll get down the road. They don't announce underclassmen sure. just yet. I'd love to see Miles Moreau get a chance. Yep. Moreau. Um, I think Drake Jackson is definitely deserving of that. Yeah. Um, anybody else you think should get open or deserves it? Deserves it? Obviously, more, a lot more invites go. go. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. those parents or family listening, this is just a... This is only just a small. Yeah, I think Jeremiah Cradell will probably get over. He's got a great chance. He's, he's gonna got a great chance. Open. So yeah, it was a, it was a good group, good com, good camp. Great. Any last kind of thoughts? Yeah, or let, let me go through my DB. I like uh, Max is so ridiculously instinctive. He knows what to get away with. You know, got the, he's got the got a cat right behind you. Got the little jersey tug at the last minute to kind of jump in and yeah. and, uh, and and jump in there like that. He's he's so he's so good at at just jumping routes and and doing that. Um, Jalen Martin from Roosevelt yeah. was a guy got who I liked. In his head. I liked Elias Ricks. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get open as a sophomore. You talk about 6'2", with that length and that speed and that just competitiveness. You know, I sent a text to my buddy Namdi Asamoah last night. And uh, I sent him Elias' film. I said, the new Namdi. Except he's faster he, and, and at he, the same stage. And he texts me back. He says, he's a sophomore. I like him. I like him a lot. So... Elias with the stamp from one of the goats from Southern California. Former student sports intern. He was my intern. Chris Rankins from Chaminade looked good. Okay. And again, I don't know. He I don't know if he even has an offer right now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he was there. Was he there? He might have been their best DB. Yeah, absolutely. I think Wells was in that secondary. Then we had the, the player went to Iowa State. Yeah. Taylor Cortez. Yeah. Rankins was better than him. I don't remember who the safeties were. I, mean, I was. Right. Be, I think offers are coming. He's a good football player. He, he's a solid football player. Yeah. How are we doing on time? Uh, we're right about an hour. I think we can kind of wrap it up. Run away, wrap it up, wrap yeah. this up. So any final takeaways for you in terms of talent, players, camp, whatever? Uh, you know, camp's always fun. It's always good to kind of meet the parents, reconnect with some of the coaches. That You know, a lot of those guys were guys I put on staff there. Now they're still there. Right. Just cut the camp in half. <laughs> you know, can we do that? Let's, uh, and let's not make it so long. I want to get home by 2.30. Not 7.30. Yeah. So other than that, love the guys. Thought it was a good event. A lot of good football players. And um, yeah, it was fun. Fun day. Yeah, it was a fun day. So we appreciate you guys for joining us, man. The Transparent Truth. Recapping the LA opening. Uh, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Catch us on our Friday show. We've got a former five-star quarterback. Now moved into business. Former Dominguez High School star, UNLV star, Jason Thomas. It's going to be joining us for an interview to talk everything, kind of uh, childhood training, Southern California high school football, 
uh, what it takes to make it at the next level, and some some uh, a new piece of dynamic equipment that he's developed um, and that he is sharing through a, across the country. So uh, join us for our Friday show. But until then, uh, it's your boy Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool. <laughs>